All right. So this morning, um, I, I want to get into a topic called defrag or reset to factory default settings for your mind, faith, and life. Um, I was going to continue on in the other, you know, focus on hope and not fear, but we've done a lot of that. And it, it, I don't want to spin a negative, even though it's trying to be positive. It can it can get it can get pretty heavy sometimes. So I, I want to focus on some uh, better stuff, and I think this is a better way to go. I hope it is, and hopefully your feedback uh, will will let me know if it's uh, uh, connecting for you. But part of my goal is to dig into deeper and wider. Um, I think what I wrote in the description of our our in the notes below is there are times that crisis in our life causes us to. Uh, rethink, rethink um, our life values, uh, life direction. It, crisis can cause us to rethink our faith, um, what's real, what's not. Uh, and usually it'll cause us to go deeper. Some people's pendulum swings the wrong way, too far, too fast, and they just toss it all away and just disconnect, disengage. But I think true life, true love will find you. So I'm not worried about people uh, not experiencing the love and life of Christ. I think they will. It's just uh, sometimes it can, it, can, it can be hard because of all the mixed messaging, not only that we've gotten from the church, but from other religious parts of history that have messed it up and misunderstanding of the scriptures. Kay, who is watching, Kay Fairchild, she's been teaching a much deeper life for a long time. And by the way, Kay, if you're if you're still watching, um, one of your watchers, uh, Lisa Gasho, is in hospital, um, not doing well at all. I think you should know that. Uh, but she's been following you for a couple of years now and loves your stuff. So just pray for her, please. So this reset, let's let's get into the reset because this has to do with our mind. It has to do with our faith and what we believe and how it affects our daily life. Um, I came across this that I posted last year and I thought, this is really good. When the carols have been stilled, when the star top tree is taken down, when family and friends are gone home, and when we are back to our schedules, the work of Christmas begins to welcome the refugee, to heal a broken planet, to feed the hungry, to build bridges of trust, not walls of fear, to share our gifts to seek justice and peace for all people, to bring Christ's light to the world. I thought that was really cool. Henry Nouwen talks about uh, in this devotional called Celebrate the Present, and this is a great introduction um, to being aware of the present moment. He writes, Celebrating is first of all the full affirmation of our present condition. We say with full consciousness, we are, we are here, we are now, and let it be that way. We can only really celebrate when we are present in the present. If anything has become clear, it is that we have, we have to a large extent lost the capability to live in the present. Many so-called celebrations are not so, much, uh, not so much more than a painful moment between bothersome preparations and boring after-talks. <laughs> we can only celebrate if there is something present that can be celebrated. We cannot celebrate Christmas when there is nothing new born here and now. We cannot celebrate Easter when no new life becomes visible. We cannot celebrate Pentecost when there is no spirit whatsoever to celebrate. Celebration 
is the recognition that something is there and needs to be made visible so that we can all say yes to it. And this is about focusing our attention uh, on things that are more real than we think. What is reality? What, what, how do we focus on on things around us? Maybe we've been misled. Maybe maybe we've been sucked into a pattern of thinking that is uh, uh, unhealthy for us, or a concept of who God is is has totally hindered our ability to grow and understand and walk by real faith, which is the faith of Christ. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, don't be, and this is from the Passion Translation, which I love, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to read this from the First Nations version. Okay, I'm not sure if you've heard of this one, uh, if you're still watching, but this is this new version is called the First Nations version. Look it up. I bought it on Kindle and a hard copy. I love this one. It says, do not let your hearts be weighed down with anything. Instead, with every step you take, send your voice to the great spirit, asking him for the things you need. And in all your prayers, remember to give him thanks. Then the peace and harmony of the great spirit, which goes far beyond our small and weak ways of thinking, will watch over your hearts and minds through the chosen one. Creator sets free, Jesus. <laughs> I love this. So this is about not being weighed down and, and guarding our thoughts. And that this is really what defrag or reset is all about. What does defrag mean? Well, it's a computer term in a sense. Uh, it's a verb, defragging, to recognize files on a hard disk or so that the parts of each file are stored in uh, uh, contiguous sectors on the disk, thereby improving computer performance and maximizing disk space. So I know on my computer, when I do a lot of video work and editing, um, the hard drive kind of moves things around to where there's space. When I do a defrag, and again, I'm not a computer geek, okay? This is like the so basic and if i'm saying it wrong sorry but the intent is good um uh, but all the hard drive can have it has has to go to different places to find the information that's supposed to be connected the d when i do a defrag um i click the defrag button sometimes it tells me it's defrag like last night i did a i did an analyze my computer hard drive and it was five percent um uh, frag defragged whatever and so i hit the defrag and then it went back to zero. What it did, it cleaned up, put everything back into order so it's easier to access for the computer and it runs faster. I noticed when my, when my computer's running slower, the defrag works. Now, I know there are different opinions out there, but I'm not here for that. I'm here to make a point that in our brains, we may have information stored in all kinds of places. We may have heard from different teachers, leaders, gurus, um, churches, you name it. We've heard stuff and all these mixed up pieces of information are all over the place. And we know it's there somewhere. Something's true. We, 
our connections of what we think we believe may be more scattered. And we, I think we need to defrag some of our religion because religion is not what Jesus came to give. He came to give life. And if we've taken all of our faith stuff and turned into religion, then there's a problem. So we have some resets to do. So one of the first things I want to suggest, there's four reset, four topics I'm going to kind of talk about. And the later ones, the last two, are they're going to be a bigger part of this series. But moving from self-centered to other-centered. Now, I'm going to clarify what this means because my hope is that we move from focusing on only our needs as in my world's crumbling look at my problems i want my way i want to get in line first at the uh, church buffet because i want the best for me uh, i'm going to fill my plate really full for me um, I'm, I'm using a really obvious over exaggerated example but there's a lot of self-centeredness like even in this pandemic we're seeing a lot of self-centeredness going on with people wanting their way their rights and i'm thinking christians people of faith we have surrendered our rights. This isn't about our rights, please. This is if you're if you're bending on to the rights part, um, really rethink what you mean. Define. Ask yourself, what do I mean by my rights? Um, I, I just think it's worth worth a revisit. But this idea of self-centered to other-centered, which is agape. The Greek word agape means love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Agape, other-centered, never self-centered. So the switch to defragging and resetting our lives is moving from self-centeredness to other-centered. Now, having said that, there is a self-care that is critically important. This is this is kind of cool. This is not in my PowerPoint, but I found a bunch of books here that I think I want to I want to give you a pattern, uh, or even permission, because some some people have grown up in church and have been told, "Oh, you can't read non-Christian books." Oh my goodness. So, having said that, I've got a, uh, some ideas to help you move from self-centered to other-centered by self-care. And first book is by Dr. Caroline Leaf. It's called Switch, Your, Switch on Your Brain, uh, the, key, the Keys to Peak Happiness, Thinking, and Health. Uh, great book. Lots of great stuff in here. Um, um, yeah, Mind Control Matters, Choice and uh, Multiple Perspective Advantage. Your choices change your brain. Uh, catch those thoughts. I think Kay Fairchild's teaching on this kind of stuff already uh, in, in a really deep, deep way. Thinking God and the quantum physics brain. like that That's what this book is. It's really, really good. It's practical. Uh, she also wrote another one called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And this is called uh, Five Simple Scientifically Proven Steps to Reduce Anxiety, Stress, and Toxic Thinking. It's, this is really good. I've given this to my kids. Um, they probably won't read it, but if they do, man, they have a resource at their fingertips that is phenomenal to help them control and guard the thinking, especially when things get depressing. Here's another one. Uh, this is from Brene Brown. Uh, it's called The Gifts of Imperfection. Letting go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Um, this is your guide to a wholehearted life. Stuff like this by so-called non-Christian uh, writers, but people who at least respect faith, 
and see beyond and don't uh, cause an us versus them mentality. These kinds of resources are incredible. Here's another one by Eckhart Tolle. Some people aren't going to like this, but too bad. Uh, it's a guide to spiritual enlightenment. Not everybody um, uh, finds Christianity uh, that attractive. And so they go for books like this and they deal with spiritual enlightenment. And you know what? They end up finding God. It just doesn't sound like what we think, but it's this, this is like part of the journey. Now, for those in walking through faith, here's, here's one called Words of Silence, a year of, of, of contemplative meditations. And this is the foreword. It's by Desmond Tutu. But this is, again, another way to move from self-centered to other-centered by meditation and self-care and worth doing some meditation time. In the Christian world, it's been turned upside down by this one book, one book, Love Wins, by Rob Bell. Now, this caused a firestorm in, in thinking because the church world just called, they just destroy, tried to destroy him and call him a heretic. He says, you're saying there's no hell. The book is a book of questions. It's questioning everything. <laughs> it's actually a brilliant book. Uh, I love Rob Bell stuff. Those who, if somebody tells you do not read Rob Bell, they're really saying read Rob Bell. <laughs> That's how it works. When the religious system says don't read The Shack, it means read The Shack because they're threatened by a deeper truth, a mystical revelation of hope and love that they can't understand because they're trying to control religion by cubbyholes of theological uh, boxes and and. Honestly, this is where the reset needs to happen. It happens in the mind. There are athletes who, who want to run a race, uh, they, or hockey players, or football players, or basketball players, whatever sport you want to pick. Um, those that have to train, or, well, we have the Olympics coming up. They train for four years for this stuff. So if we get, uh, if we get a book like Your Mental Mess, and... You think, oh, that's so hard. Oh, that's, I don't know. It's like really hard to read. It's work to read. Now, this is me talking because that's what I think. <laughs> it's work to read. Yes, it's work to do athletic things so you can win and compete in a competition. Life, is this not worth digging into for yourself, for your own mental health? Okay, to to is it is it's not worth the effort to put in the time and effort. And I, again, I'm kind of like a hypocrite here because I'm struggling with it too. I struggle re with reading. I like listening to books far better. So I need I need the word for word books because I, the the shortened ones don't help as much. But to stop and read. And I'm starting to do, I'm, I'm doing it in short little pockets now, back into diving slowly back into uh, things that are important to read because your brain needs this activity and challenge. But if you're having trouble, which many are right now during this pandemic time, consider a reset. Maybe there's a defrag that has to happen. You have to rethink and reshape all your beliefs. Maybe your values of what your goals may be, what you hope to do in the future. Maybe you got to reset that. Maybe you thought you reset it. Now it needs another reset because you now have more information. Resets are not a bad thing. They can be really, really helpful. So your mind and how you think really, really matters.
All right. Let's move on to the next one. We're going to go to a mind focused from gratitude, as in gratitude being the foundation. That's what I want to kind of focus on today a little bit, because I think, um, again, it's part of the mind. This is, this, this is a, a tethered to the self-centered to other-centered um, theme, because it's about what you think about. So today I want to encourage us to dig into a mind focused from gratitude, and you'll understand when I dig into this. Author Douglas Abrams, both Christian and Buddhist traditions, perhaps all spiritual traditions, recognize the importance of gratefulness. It allows us to shift our perspective, as the Dalai Lama and Archbishop counseled, towards all that we have been given and all that we have. It moves us away from the narrow-minded focus on fault and lack and to the wider perspective of benefit and abundance. This is a mindset. It's, it's very easy to, to focus on, on your lack. And, you know, these are people from different faith backgrounds suggesting, hey, maybe there's a, uh, another way to see things. M- maybe gratefulness plays a role because we're not being selfish. This is, again, this is the switch from self-centered to other-centered. Being grateful shows a peaceful mindset of contentment. And I think that's something that's really lacking right now. Being content with what we have, with who we're with, with our circumstances. Uh, Circumstances could be bad. I know that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the chaos of our mind. Sometimes the chaos of our mind is it comes from wanting and seeing all these other things that everybody else has. I want that. I want that. I want that. How come their life's good? How come they have that experience of revelation? How come they have that spiritual journey? Hey, Johnny, good morning. Whoa, good to see you, buddy. Um, but people are thinking, I see everybody else's journey. and I want that. And yet you don't realize what you already have. Take stock of the good in you. God made you good. Be good. You are good phenomenal. Hey, good morning, Yeshua. (laughs) That's awesome. Goshia, good morning. Ephesians chapter one. This will help refocus. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he, listen to this, wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. And what do we do in response? So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Oh my goodness. Are you seeing it? Look, look, take a look. It says before he made the world, he loved us and chose us. So what's this concept of separation? What's this idea that we're separated from God? How many of us have been given a little booklet called the four spiritual laws or some ridiculous chick publication that scares the hell out of you? But the spiritual laws begins with you're separated from God. 
Oh my goodness. How about start with a lie? Yeah, that's going to really work. You just spun people into manipulation and religion. Sorry. Uh, again, I, I got to say this, and I'm, I'm being blunt about it because some, uh, some who still believe that we're separated from God probably need to have a shock. They almost need to like, you're not going to be jolted out of your, your blind thinking without a, a jolt or a blind side. It took a lot for me to see that. But it also took trusted friends who were journeying on a spiritual journey with me for me to be teachable to see that, hey, wait a minute, we aren't separated from God. We never were. It was an illusion in our minds, in our thinking we're separated. We can we can be separated in a moment. The moment you stop believing how God sees you, there's a separation in your mind that happens. And you'll live like that. Everybody lives according to what they believe. Everybody does. If you don't believe God exists, you live like it. If you believe God's distant far, then you'll live like it. If you think God's mad at you, you're going to live like it. If you think God is loving you like crazy and has forgiven you completely, fully, and you're holy and pure, you're going to live like it if you believe it. <laughs> oh, that's thinking. That's, that's guarding your thoughts. <laughs> Imagine that. Ephesians. That was Ephesians 1. First Thessalonians. I love this. From the message translation, it says, Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Huh. Did you catch that? Be cheerful no matter what. Now, that's, that's going to be hard because... I know families right now that are not cheerful. They're going through really tough stuff. That's not what it's talking about. In fact, uh, again, different different translations. New Living Translation says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. This is not saying be thankful for your circumstance, because that's really hard to do in the circumstance. One day you actually may come to that spiritual awakening or um freedom to be thankful in all your stuff for whatever you're going through. It may be horrible and still find peace in that. There are people who've experienced that. It's, it's not unattainable. But for now, here, it says be cheerful, be joyful, joyful, full of joy. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is about your happenings. Joy is coming from inside. It's like the peace of Christ that comes from within. And this is what we live from. We need to be reminded of this. Otherwise, this reset, this defrag we're going to get into uh, in the next couple of weeks, my goodness, it's, this, is, this is how we begin the defrag. It's by getting our mind into a, uh, to a place or, or think from a place that matters. If you're not going to journey this defrag, um, reset from a place of gratitude, then you're going to do it from a place of lack and you don't lack anything and you're not going to hear what needs to be said. First Thessalonians five sixteen to 18 says, let your joy be your continual feast or be joyful in every season. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, 
Be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. A little short note here. Verses 16 to 18 identify three areas our lives we must focus on. One, unabounded joy, pray continually, and giving thanks, no matter what happens. These three virtues combine to form the wonderful expression of Christ's life within us. That's right. This is, this is what it looks like outside. This is the fruit of the abiding life. The, the joy calmness who knows sometimes exuberance and not again based on your personality but giving thanks is a major part of this and it's really okay you got you do know it's almost impossible uh, to complain and be grumpy when you when you're giving thanks and having an attitude of gratitude almost impossible okay with authenticity because when you're being negative and only seeing the awful stuff of life, like the Charlie Brown cartoon, you know, we read at the very beginning, you know, talking to Snoopy, ah, one day we'll all die, Eeyore, if you're, you know, from Pooh Bear. Um, and Snoopy says, ah, but on, we, we will one day, but on all the other days we're not going to die, so let's live. Your attitude matters. And you may think it doesn't matter. It does. So be careful how you tell one another. I want to be careful how I tell you or share with you because it's not an easy switch to just flip. You go, oh, that was easy. No. There's a shift that has to happen for some people. This is not easy. It's actually going to be really hard work. It's like going to the gym and working out, which I hate, you know, um, uh, at least the discipline of it. Although I remember when I had a membership, I enjoyed it when I finally finished and completed. There was a reward of feeling really good about what I did, but the motivation to get there was awful. Same thing here with your mental mind is the work of, of, of processing, cleaning up, and rethinking your attitude is work. And some people are going to say, nope, I just don't want to do it. I, I, that's okay. I, I can't help you at all. But those that... The Spirit of God might be saying to you, hey, this is something, tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. This is something I'm wanting you to work on because this is how I've created you. This is now getting back to your core identity. In the garden, when God made Adam and Eve, according to that narrative, okay, um, they were good. They were pure. They were clean. When they ate from the tree, God came after them, uh, looking for them as if everything was just fine. He knew that they ate from the tree. He was omniscient. He knew all that stuff, but he still went after them. It was Adam and Eve who thought they were dirty in their minds, but they weren't. So what happened? In their minds, they, they, there was a separation that happened. They couldn't believe God would think they were clean. And so in our right now, you need to remember the real you is grateful, does have the power to change these patterns. You do have the power to reset your neuron receptors in your brain. And I think one of the books talks about that. Let me just check. I think one of them, it says here, yeah, it's a cycle. It takes, why it takes 63 days of neural cycling to form a habit. Like, this is not a quick fix. This is the long game. Quit being satisfied with crumbs or fast food, so to speak, especially religious fast food. Doesn't sit well. <laughs> Let's see what's next. John 14, 20. Jesus said, On that day you will realize or know 
that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Note, he didn't say, one day you will be included. He says, one day you will realize that you've already been included. Our realizing awakens us to the reality of our inclusion. That came from a quote from somebody else. But that's powerful. <laughs> Do you know you're included? This is part of the reset. This is like, if you think God's not crazy about you, a verse like this is a reminder that in that day, and that day is now too. Today is still that day. In that day is now. It's still now. It was whenever the revelation came. I'm in the Father. You're in me and I'm in you. Christ lives in you. Colossians 1, 27, it's no longer a secret. It's been kept a secret, but it is no longer a secret. Oh, to know your true identity. This, this is what we need. The Holy Spirit is about to become your close companion, sent to my Father in my name, to represent, sent by my Father to represent me, to teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have spoken to you. Thus, my word will continue to find a voice in you. This is from the Gospel of John. I, I, I don't know where the text is. But Ro Richard Rohr writes, God planted the Holy Spirit within us, the inner knower and reminder of all things. This is indeed a reminding, a very different kind of mind that is given to us. Oh boy. Your mind matters. What you think about matters. So, what, why, why the big deal about gratitude? Well, let's just rip through a couple things. You want, you want a small list? I like this. I like lists. So, gratitude, benefits of it. First, it opens the door to more relationships. It's hard to have a relationship with a grumpy, selfish person. It, it, it just is. Gratitude improves your physical health. It absolutely does. And when you dive deep into how this changes your thinking, um, your patterns definitely affects your physical health. Gratitude improves psychological health, makes us more optimistic, which some of us could use right now. It increases our spiritualism and our connections. It makes us more aware of spiritual things because now we're being mindful. Mindfulness is a, a great word too. Uh, probably a, um, a more common word being used now, mindfulness instead of meditation. But mindfulness, being mindful of gratitude, mindful of other people's needs around us. Uh, gratitude makes us more giving. It begets more giving. Giving begets giving. Uh, it initiates um, or indicates reduced materialism because suddenly we're more satisfied with what we have. A person under a lot of stress will likely go and try and fill needs by buying and buying and buying and buying and buying or just whatever habits they have. Gratitude enhances optimism. Yeah, we've kind of talked about that already. Gratitude improves self-esteem, how you see yourself, because now you're seeing yourself as you were created, not as other people's opinions are of you. <laughs> gratitude increases mental strength. Gratitude enhances, ment uh, enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Aggressive people are totally not thankful. They're living in the me, me, now, now, my world, and that world gets smaller and smaller and becomes more and more aggressive. So gratitude switches that. 
Gratitude positively affects and improves physical health. It reduces depressive symptoms. Oh, yeah. Reduces your blood pressure. There's that physical stuff again. It improves your sleep. That's physical. And increases frequency of exercise. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> anyway, yes. All that stuff. Deciding to be grateful. Harry Nowen writes this. Gratitude is the most fruitful way of deepening your consciousness that you're not an accident, but a divine choice. It is important to realize how often we have had chances to be grateful and have not used them. When someone is kind to us, when an event turns out well, when a problem is solved, a relationship restored, a wound healed, there are very concrete reasons to offer thanks, be it with words, with flowers, with a letter, a card, a phone call, or just a gesture of affection. Every time we decide to be grateful, it will be easier to see new things to be grateful for. Hmm. Gratitude begets gratitude, just as love begets love. I tell you, there... I don't know what's happening in this generation, but I, I have seen a lack of thanks from many people. Now, they may have been thankful, but they're not expressing it, which means the fruit of being thankful is the expression. Please don't forget to express thanks. When you receive a gift, give thanks. Honestly, like how many times do we give gifts to people and or whatever, or send something, and there's no acknowledgement, nothing. This, ha this is happening more and more and more. Folks, change it. It's flip it. Realize there's a step missing to express your thanks. You could be thankful when you receive something, but how do you then respond? There needs to be an expression of it. It's for your good and the other person. Give thanks. Say thank you to those who speak into your life, who give into your life. If somebody's been generous to you with something, say thank you. Express thankfulness, authentic thankfulness. It's not just for you. You'll feel better, but they're also going to feel better. And it's, it creates more fuel for more thankfulness and more generosity and gratitude. Oh my goodness. That's not that hard. Uh, I hope you caught that. Next time, we're going to begin talking about types of resets. We're going to question the downloaded info we've been given from our families, from our faith, our religion. We're going to reassess better data that's available versus, and we might, instead of just deleting full folders of faith in our mind, I want an authentic journey of real faith. That's what my goal is. My hope is that we can begin to question the answers that have been given to us. The answers that we are never allowed to question. We're going to hopefully talk about different topics. I've often talked about, hey, I'm going to teach on hell, and I've, I've not, and I want to. And I got prodded recently to, when are you going to do that? I thought, okay, why not? Let's let's dig into it. Um, I can't. Sometimes I try to wait till I have more and deeper answers, but you never stop going deeper. There's more and more and more to learn. It's like this forgiveness conference. Um, I, th I thought I'd covered so much of it, and I have, but there's so much more to learn, and I love it. 
absolutely incredible. Oh boy. So what does it look like when we're going through all this struggle? Don't be afraid. Deconstruction. <laughs> okay, this is actually a, from a stages of grief, but it's very much the same. Stages of deconstruction. We've got all these levels. But the experience of deconstructing can be really scary. It can be all over the place. Don't be afraid of the unlearning. I've always said unlearning is probably the most difficult thing to do because we're so locked into what we think we know. We've been told this means that. And sometimes we don't even know why we believe something is true. Maybe because some pastor way back or our parents told us this is true or Bible college told us this is true or seminary told us this is true. You better leave your boxes unlocked. The Holy Spirit is big enough to do any adjustments to take stuff out and put stuff in. You don't have to worry about the outcome. God's in charge of your faith, not you. But when we stop and and prevent and we, we clasp on to our beliefs and go, I will not change. What do you mean? When you have an open hand, you can say, Father, I'm going to hold my belief lightly and I'm going to let you put in or take out whatever needs to be there because I don't know it all. And I have much to learn. And there are people who have learned much more than me. I need to learn from them too. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, defrag. Take all the information that we've learned and resort it. And maybe we need to get rid of junk folders in our brain that uh, are just sitting there and taking up space. Um, and maybe we got to do a full factory default setting. Factory default setting. And realize who we are in Christ and begin there. Sometimes a big crisis will do that. We have to just forget the defrag. We gotta, I got to go to the reset. So there's room for everybody. I'm in the process of defragging and uh, rebuilding. And I, I'm inviting you to join me with that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, who for those that are struggling with a scary journey of deeper and wider faith, I pray that you reveal your peace to them deep in them that they need not be afraid for you are with them on the journey you will guard their hearts and minds thank you father be our teacher holy spirit be our revealer and our confirmer i pray this in jesus name amen all right reminders online hey support if you can support what we do, thank you. Please, we need it. Uh, register for the conference if you still want to participate in it. Uh, you got three more weeks left. Uh, every Thursday night for four hours from 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. Really amazing content. And then right now, within two minutes, uh, after our church, as soon as this logs off, I'm inviting you to join me for the Zoom call, the email I sent out this week to Hope Fellowship. The link was sent to you. If you didn't get the link and want to join in, private message me on Facebook. I'll give it to you in the next few minutes. If you do it in 15 minutes, we might be done already, so I won't give you the link because we're done. Um, but just jump in, and uh, I'd like to love to have you guys all um, uh, just to do a quick pop in and say hello. That's it. Hope you guys have a great week, and uh, I look forward to part two of Defrag or Reset. This is going to be fun. See you guys.